What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Impulsive Thoughts. And we have a very special guest today, Mr. I, oh, sorry. No, not you. Definitely not you. I'm not even going to introduce you, so. <laughs> so You're today, special to me, Dan. Yes. <laughs> so di- today, uh, all the way from Chicago to Crown Point to Cherville, <laughs> we have... Eric, that I haven't seen in many, many years. Quite some time. Yeah, Quite it has been time. a while. Yeah. It's been 92 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, or, or when you were doing your uh, podcast, you were uh, I was, Oz Marley? Yeah, Oz Marley. Yes. Oz Marley. Me and my buddy, he actually is still a pro wrestling manager. He does it for like an independent okay. organization in this area called ARW. So, yeah, we have a pretty good episode uh, I've had planned for a while now. Um so we are actually going to through the true crime like um, happenings of the Chris Benoit story. I don't know how much you know, Dan. Um, do you touch on the um, conspiracy theories at all? Yeah, I do a little Ooh. bit. Yes, yes. So and see, this is this is where I like separate from that. Nothing against. Uh-huh. I don't think that there was a conspiracy. I, I don't know, either. I know I that either. we'll get into it, but yeah. there are a lot of them out there. That I mean, some crazy ones, dude. Yes. And, and honestly, like I don't think that any. I really don't think on this one that there isn't aliens. I <laughs> and, and I mean, we, when we get into like you know the later towards the end, I'll kind of tell you like how I feel about it because I kind of feel it's more uh, medical. Yes, and I 100% agree you know, with you. Medical yeah. and um, psychiatric, mm-hmm. and from like, um, I mean, well, I'll say this in that time period, and like before he was big and, and, and a champion, uh, that whole time period he went into wrestling, it was like very frowned upon to be a small guy. Yeah. And yeah. he was a small guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he was built, but that was because of. Steroids, steroids yeah. and what? and a lot of the well, a lot Wrestlers of those guys and steroids. Now, now we're fortunate to be in a time where they're not like it's not as prevalent because a lot of those guys are more like, especially like in other feds. Not necessarily WWE has smaller guys too, mm-hmm. but other feds like I watch AEW. I have yeah. the hat on, you know. Um, I'm I'm a fan of them, but also that's because like I do like the more like lucha libre, right? You know, right. Japanese style, you know, strong style. St- stuff and uh the the guys aren't pushed as like this era they're not pushed as hard to be these like big like meaty dudes like there are still there are still dudes like that but i mean it's not so i think that that has a lot to do with it because they were a lot of pressure on their time oh 100 and and the drugs they had to take to like keep up with that image is Mm -hmm. fucked up (laughs) you know it really is it really is i mean fuck i mean and the the loopholes that they actually went through um testing for steroids and being cleared to still yeah. wrestle was was the the ridiculous real, the real policy like for like stuff like this actually happened after um uh 
Eddie passed, and mm -hmm. it wasn't so like Eddie didn't necessarily pass from something like that. Like he he had problems with that, but he fixed himself, and he was like on his like recovery, his recovery, like, yeah. And he was doing like well, yeah. But um, after the Benoit incident, they got really strict about the like mm -hmm. wellness policy, and like that's when they kind of went. Like not exactly PG, but that's when they started to go that yeah, way. Yeah, they started going that and, route, and they they didn't do certain things anymore. Mm -hmm. So, and we'll get into that yeah, too. Like, yeah, I have I'm that sure. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to yeah. go. Like, I don't want right. to jump the gun on you. Yeah, <laughs> but stop I, stepping on toes, new guy. Jeez, jeez, yeah, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you guys called me in on something I was like super passionate about. Like, honestly, if you guys would have called me in on like a uh, alley episode like last week, I still would have. I wouldn't have been like that. But maybe that one because i watched that whole i watched that whole series that candy <laughs> series but i mean i wasn't you know what i'm saying like this is something i right i grew up watching and yeah, stuff so it's yeah. a little different even though i just love true crime in general mm -hmm. so yeah and i was the same like i i grew up uh watching wrestling like i you mentioned wrestlemania 13 and i think that's actually when i started watching really nice. yeah See, so. yeah, see, you are younger than us, yeah, because like I definitely, <laughs> dude, I started in like the 80s, like, like I said, my dad took me to like AWA, and then we lived in Florida for a while, so we went to like uh championship wrestling for Florida and seen mm -hmm. like Dusty Roads uh, and TWA, yeah. all that, stuff. that another one too. What TWA wasn't that another one? Um, yeah, that was one like back then too, yeah, like in the in the 80s and stuff, mm -hmm. but um, AWA was more in this area because it was yeah. like the Midwest, yeah, and that was like Vern Gagne's. And I we used to, I used to go like a building that doesn't exist anymore, the amphitheater in Chicago, yeah. mm -hmm. that's gone, but I that's the first time I've ever seen like Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, yeah, like, that shit. That would have been do awesome you to Dean watch. Malenko at all today? Uh, I do. Yes. I believe he trained all those guys. They all went to the Dean Malenko school. I thought. Well, well actually, uh, Benoit actually went to the uh, the heart. Oh, the heart dungeon. Heart dungeon. Yeah. Ooh. So, but yeah, like, yeah. Let's let, let's get into it. Let's just get into it. Yeah. Don't and let me fuck anything like, else. Up. I won't. I mean, and I know like the majority of our listeners aren't really like uh wrestling fans yeah so we'll see you guys next week if you but like <laughs> no and, and honestly no like this is a true crime episode right. like it, i'm gonna i'm gonna try to focus in both right you know right absolutely and, and it just brings you to like because all every true crime there's some kind of aspect that you might not know about yeah you know i mean i don't know every true crime story even though i'm a fan right just because i happen right. to be a fan of wrestling you know i know right. this one well you know so. yeah yeah I'm, I'm so a... disclaimer Please, if you are suffering from mental illness and need help, reach out to someone. Do not suffer in silence. Yeah, Thank for you. sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and then I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, my uh, my girlfriend, Ellie. Ellie Cat. No. So. You can't. Hey. She's not here. Just because your girl your your girl isn't cool enough to record with us doesn't mean anything, Daniel. And, and before you start, honestly, I've never met Allie. We're friends on Facebook, just on a <laughs> proxy now because, like, I, I'm a fan of the show and mm -hmm. everything. And I know I don't know much about her because, but she seems cool. You know, I'm I'm kind of a hippie. She's a hippie, yeah. so I think we can get along. So um, the only thing I know about her is she's your girlfriend. She likes cats, and that she, she from the show she knits custom fit. Cox on. Yes. That's yes. about all I know. And she, yeah, she likes cats if I didn't say that. You just said that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, okay. So, Chris Benoit, and I, I thought I had his middle name written down. I was, I think it was Chris, Christopher Michael Benoit. 
Uh, he was born May 21st, 1967 in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And at a, and I'm I'm going to go through like his his early uh timeline pretty quickly just to get kind of get out of the the wrestling talk mm-hmm. because I know like a lot like I said earlier like a lot of people aren't really big wrestling fans yeah. they're more true crime. Right. Which, Plus if yeah. you're doing the true crime thing right. the, the wrestling stuff's just background yeah. true crime. Yeah. Yeah. So at an early age his, uh his family moved to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. That's where uh he began his love for wrestling at 12 years old. Uh, his father took him to his first wrestling show and he fell in love with, uh, the dynamite kid and Bret Hart. Like those were his, he idolized these both, these two wrestlers. Um, after the show, he decided that's exactly what he wanted to do through and through. Like he wanted to be a wrestler no matter what. I mean, he, that he eats, he slept and breathe wrestling like he didn't have any other jobs other than wrestling like he, he said sleep the demons in his dreams <laughs> yes <laughs> Eat, sleep, breathe the so in my dreams. by 13 years old like the, the following year like he started working out and he started lifting weights and everything like that and then you know moving forward by 18 he moved to calgary where he began formal wrestling training with the heart family in the heart dungeon like i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that's why we didn't become wrestlers because we didn't spend enough time working exactly out. <laughs> like 13 <laughs> years old i think i was some, still like i was watching dirt. wrestling eat doritos <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <didn't laughs> want- <laughs> I also at 13 years old was probably five foot ten a buck 15 yeah. So this the, the, this tripod was the size of my arms and legs. <laughs> I, I've always been fluffy, but you know, I mean, yeah, I, I grew up a fluffy I, kid too. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't think I was the right kind of fluffy to be a wrestler. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> I definitely needed to be on that Chris Benoit yeah. regimen oh, of yeah, working out seriously. at that time. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, like from what I read um, in stories and everything like that, and I think even on. Um, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, they said he started steroids at a very early age, I yes. believe at 18 years old. Yeah, he had been taking steroids since he was like 18 years yeah. old. And, and like I said, it all goes back to that time. Mm-hmm. And that that's why I was saying that time. He, was, he wasn't, like I said, he was short. He was working out, but he was short. And that's kind of what, I think Jim Ross even went over that in that episode on Dark yeah. Side of the Ring. Like that's, and he's like, how crazy is that? That that was what was keeping him from being like a world champion right. for so many years that he was just short yeah know? five foot ten 220 pounds yeah. like i'm five nine 225 yeah yeah like it's crazy you're short oh uh, yeah i am short hey <laughs> just fucking with you <laughs> so yariel short too yeah he uh chris benoit <laughs> actually made his professional debut in 1985 and then within that decade like he was cutting his teeth you know working in japan canada and the u.s for uh, major promotions like ECW and WCW. Um, Chris was also known as uh, a great performer, but his mic, skil- his mic skills weren't weren't the greatest. Um, like I said earlier, like he was 5'10", 220 pounds, so he was small compared to many of the other wrestlers. You know, like fucking Andre the Giant was <laughs> over 7 feet. Yeah, 7'8", um, something like that. Um, Hulk Hogan was 6'8". Yeah. Was he? Yeah, he was. He's, yeah, he's pretty Hogan's tall. tall. With his 24-inch pythons. Yeah. Well, and the thing about Benoit was, and this is coming from somebody who, like, before all this happened, really enjoyed his work, like WCW. I even watched his stuff in Japan. He was very, very well 
like technically yeah. trained. He he was probably, and I'll say this, one of the best technical wrestlers yeah. that had ever lived. Yeah, you know? yeah, so. and I, I'm pretty sure I wrote that down too because I yeah. they they call him that like most uh, his yeah it, career of it's wrestling. a shame that this shadow is over exactly you know, so. yeah. So in 2000, Chris became uh, WCW's World Heavyweight Champion, and then there was I, I and I didn't write this down, but I know there was some issues with uh, contract agreement and everything like that, and he he was done with WCW, and his way of actually breaking his contract, he told um, I I I don't think it was Ted Turner who was who owned WCW and then Bischoff. Um, I don't remember who well, Ted Turner owned WCW. Eric Bischoff ran WCW. Yeah. So I know he talked to somebody and he said, if if you're not gonna let me off out of my contract i'm going to go out to the ring call you out punch uh punch the steps and smash my fist and then walk to the gorilla and smash my other fist (laughs) so eventually they agreed to just release him and that's when him perry saturn dean malenko and um eddie Guerrero. Guerrero. God, how can I forget Eddie Guerrero? Yeah. Like one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, they actually left and went to WWF at the time. They're now WWE. Uh, they were known as the Radicals. So, yeah. awesome stable, by the way. Um, so then, in uh, 2004, Chris main evented uh, WrestleMania 20. He won the world champion uh, world championship belt. And he was the face of the WWE slash WWF, so he was doing all his all the interviews and everything like that. So, like he was the um, what are they called? the poster the poster child of what year of was this again? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Yeah. Him and Eddie both won in the same yeah night. yeah the same night yeah um and that was when Eddie actually faced uh, Brock Lesnar was it uh I bl- or JBL I can't remember dude it's been yeah it's been a while yeah I I it was one of them mm-hmm. like, one or the other I can't remember at this right point. Brock Lesnar yeah <laughs> so okay so then before Brock Lesnar left and like didn't wrestle for like 10 years or something. Yeah, it didn't it was a while. He went to the UFC. he went to MMA, right? He went to UFC and then yeah. he went to or, yeah, he, UFC. He actually wasn't going to wrestle anymore and then he went to New Japan, mm-hmm. which is where one of the places where like Benoit got known at, you know, yeah. stuff. But like um he went to New Japan and then he eventually just came. What's New at, Japan? It's NJPW. It's it's like a What is it in Japan? Yeah, it's oh. it's the it's pretty much the biggest company in Japan, the most oh. popular. Like this yeah. shirt I'm wearing, Bullet Club. This is like a faction in that, you know. Mm-hmm. But they also they they contra- they New Japan does work with a lot of people, um, including AEW, uh, Impact Wrestling, and uh, like uh, CMML, which is a company in mexico they, mm-hmm. they they're pretty much everywhere like they have like open contracts with everybody so. yeah and that's the thing like in 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 new japan like they're they're wrestling uh is super different from compared to the united states like mm-hmm. they i think it's they wrestle what two weeks on and then they're off for a while they, or something like that so they have like these tours like so what they do is um like let's say there's um uh, there's a thing called like power struggle or that's like one of their events or um 
which is one of their events, Dominion is one mm-hmm. too. So they'll do like Road to Dominion and they'll just go all over the country and do all these shows and then it'll lead up to like the bigger shows and then they'll take like a couple weeks off and then or like a week off or whatever. Yeah. So a lot of like I mean, there are a lot of American wrestlers that actually live over there and do stuff for a while. Like I mean mm-hmm. and then they end up coming back or they end up getting bigger. AJ Styles when he left TNA before he went to WWE, he was in New Japan for like a while, little while. Uh-huh. He led the this group, the Bullet Club. So. And and like what I'm getting at, like Chris Benoit, he he when he wrestled in New Japan, like the time off that he had with them, he always said it was like a waste of time. Like he wanted to keep wrestling. Yeah. So he would he hooked up with somebody and and uh, they told him about the the Mexican. Uh, yeah. Like AAA, which yeah. is one of the the bigger CMML and AAA are the uh, CMLL and AAA. Those are the two big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he wrestled with AAA, if I remember correctly. But he actually wrestled under a mask at that time. Yeah, um, uh, the Pegasus, Pegasus kid. kid. Yeah. Yes, wow. and then uh, yeah. So that I mean that was like his gimmick at that time. A lot of Americans had to wrestle. Jericho wrestled under a mask. Yeah, and even even though he he, he was you know a Mexican wrestler, Eddie wrestled under a mask. Mm-hmm. So and that was just the thing at that time. Now like American wrestlers don't as much. So. Right. Hmm. But you know this is interesting. You know just be, since you're we're already into the WWE territory. So do you know like how Nancy and Chris got together. Yeah, yeah, and I think I have that. that? Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I'm gonna talk <laughs> okay, about that. Okay, well, no, because so, <laughs> I thought we were done with the WWE. Oh no, 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 stuff. no. Like, I mean, I, like, I just want to like touch base of, ah, of the wrestling okay. area, area, and then and, uh, like and I'm gonna go into the personal life the too. Personal, story. yeah, yeah. Which I actually I'm about to go into. So, in 1988, uh, Chris married Martina, and together they had two children, uh, David and Me- uh, David and Megan. By 1997, the marriage fell apart, and around the same time, he met a woman who would become his second wife. In 1996, working for WCW in a storyline feud with Kevin Sullivan, another wrestler, um, but he was also uh, was the booker for WCW. And then Sullivan's real-life wife, uh, Nancy, was also on on screen for like as a valet like uh escorting you know you know like the like four uh, horsemen yeah, four yeah, horsemen, yeah. yeah that's when he was the member of the four horsemen yeah oh yeah so and then sullivan actually wrote a storyline where nancy was uh in an affair with chris benoit <laughs> and everything like that so and it's funny because uh it came true th- well yeah that's what i'm getting to like they're saying that like he was such a good um storyline writer that he pretty much booked his own divorce yeah, yeah. He booked his, that's <laughs> yeah. like the ongoing yeah. like, joke in the yeah. history yeah so <clears throat> <laughs> she's been barking at something i i already told you this house is haunted <laughs> so and then uh so kevin was like he was the old school wrestling guy like where he wanted to keep kayfabe which he wanted to make everything seem 100 percent real mm-hmm. so he told uh nancy well 
stay with Benoit at the hotel and oh, you know go out to dinner and everything like that together. You know, make oh, it public. Shit, yeah. You know, that's how it was back in the day, though. Yeah, like in a lot of feds, um, like even if you were friends, if you were a heel and somebody else was a facing of your friends, you couldn't were fly not, together. You couldn't fly yeah. together. You couldn't travel. You couldn't yeah. eat dinner. You couldn't hang out together. And like it, because that was before like the internet and everybody knew like mm -hmm. right. what was going on. But okay, so then know, I need to know. Was Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth real? Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth were married in real life. Yeah. Okay. Yes. They they were were married and then divorced and yeah. I don't think the second time around they actually were really married, but she actually like when he proposed in the ring and that they had the actual wedding in the ring. Was yeah. that the real wedding or just a? No, they were married before that. I oh, believe okay. before that that f when they broke up that oh. first time. Mm -hmm. so. Okay, so we're getting and then was, and then <laughs> actually like there was there was a huge issue with uh, it was the trio. It was it was. Uh, uh, Macho Man, Hogan, and Miss Elizabeth. Right. Yeah. Like, there was a huge fight with that. And, like, it was actually, like, like a little bit of a feud backstage, too. Mm, so, yeah. but, yeah, like, that's... Yeah, we're, we're getting in the way. <laughs> that, dude, there's actually, and I'll just say this before you get... There's a lot of, like, true crime stories associated oh, with yeah. wrestling. Oh, yeah. Like, and mysterious yeah. stuff. Like, no, really, like, I mean, there... And, and I'll just throw something else out there, like Bruiser Brody. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I've heard of him, yeah. That's That's a real crazy true crime story where he actually got stabbed in puerto rico in the shower in the back room of a venue went like because of an altercation and like that you can watch like that dark side of the ring that mm -hmm. i recommended there's an episode on that but there's a lot of like i mean there's a lot of crazy stuff dude. oh yeah like, i mean yeah like like the 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 newest episode I started watching was uh, the airplane from uh, air, oh, air ride from hell. Yeah, that, that actually a lot that of people. Was ridiculous. Yeah, a lot of people turned on Ric Flair because of that. Oh, like, yeah. on the internet. Oh And yeah. they actually didn't have that show Dark Side of the Ring on for one whole season because of the backlash from that episode. They did this thing called like Tales from the Territory that was produced mm -hmm. by The Rock actually. Oh wow. And it was more of like just about the territories and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then now Dark Side of the Ring was back on like they had like another season just recently so. yeah damn so okay so <laughs> in 1997 you know all all the time obviously the, all of the time that they're spending together like they're naturally going to like develop feelings for each for right. each other especially doing yeah. what they're doing um so in 97 she uh nancy actually filed for divorce uh there was there was a little bit of an altercation i guess um um fuck what's his name um sullivan he yeah. he um i guess he he put his hands on her or something like that and and then like the the following night or something uh chris and and kevin actually had a fight and it, it ended up turning into a real fight and uh benoit uh, it was alleged that benoit actually um punched him punched kevin real in real life yeah. like in the ring and busted his eardrum oh yeah that that did actually happen i don't remember if this was the 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 episode i don't remember if that was on pay-per-view or i was actually at a monday night nitro mm -hmm. back then and i think it was 97 and they had their famous um false count anywhere match mm -hmm. and they they were fighting into the bathroom and stuff and that's when one of those things happened yeah where like after and like dude it was like crazy like they were in like it was at the united center and they were like what right after it got built uh -huh. and they were like in the bathroom like feuding like like hitting each other with toilet seats and stuff and, like you can, they were <laughs> stiff like yeah shots you could tell they had animosity you uh -huh. know? 
I mean, you yeah. can tell. Like, even my buddy that was there with me, he's like, man, he's like, I was like, yeah, I think that these two don't really don't like each other. Like, it's a little more than, right. you know. Yeah, it's a little bit more than <laughs> yeah. just what's on. And yeah. at that time, you didn't know about any right. of this because, I mean, the internet existed, but there wasn't this, like, now something happens if somebody looks at somebody the wrong way in the locker room. It's, it's all, on the internet all, all within minutes. Facebook yeah. and, you know, everything. So. Yep. Yep. So, okay. So, in 2000... Like after okay, so so Chris and Nancy actually started a full full f- blown relationship and in ninety seven, and then three three years later in two thousand they actually have a child together, uh, Daniel. Shortly after they they were married, so they they ended up getting married and they had they had Daniel. Damn Daniel. Um, and they lived. There was another place they actually lived in Georgia. I can't remember what it was, but they did live in Fayetteville, Georgia, until obviously the infamous weekend of June twenty second, two thousand seven. Um, so they got married what year? And I think it was two thousand. Two thousand, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it was around there. Yeah. Yeah. I, matter of fact, I think was it the divorce or was it the marriage that it wasn't an exact date. Because I know that goes into the conspiracy theory of of the Kevin Sullivan. Um, I I don't I don't remember, but I know that I'm I'm fairly certain that they did get married around 2000. Mm-hmm. That that's what like from what I remember hearing. Like I I think that's more of the so it was more the, of the divorce the divorce because it yeah, was yeah because it was a, a ten year. Well, it was they, I mean they had a long relationship. She was with him all like through the mid 80s yeah. up into like 97 because she came with them from like Florida yeah. championship wrestling for Florida. yeah. And you know what what's funny is like um. When she was with Kevin, she was, I guess, uh, he was, he was what, his gimmick was like the devil worshiping. The, the, yeah, like a dark, the, a dark, like, priest or yeah. prince. And she was like, uh, you like, I'll let you go Yeah, there. she was, uh, she was, they called her, her, her name was the fallen angel. Hmm. Yeah. And then, like, later on, like, her, her. Her her name was just woman. <laughs> yeah, so. and she was completely different when she came to WCW. She was like um, elegant and stuff, and she yeah. It was, but they said that that was more like like her. Mm. But it was crazy because I'm sure you probably seen in that episode that like they were so like over from that that gimmick where she was the fallen angel mm-hmm. that like people were coming up to her at the gas oh, yeah. station and actually and trying like, to pray like for her and everything yeah her. yeah and they were like we'll save you from him yeah. like because she played like somebody who kept getting like was basically being like brainwashed into like yeah. following Sullivan yeah, yeah. and 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 like that's 80s for you right in the, insane, like in the south dude and i'll tell you right the south is crazy about right even still like the south there's people that are just so you know passion i mean i'm passionate about it but mm-hmm. they, at that time like it's southern wrestling like if something happened to like a extreme baby face like sometimes the heels would get attacked on the way back to like it, it's <laughs> yeah, crazy yeah so okay so <clears throat> on Saturday, June 23rd, 2007, uh, Chris was scheduled to appear at a house show, and a house show is just a, a non-televised... Hammond Civic um, Center. Yeah, pretty much. And that was in Beaumont, Texas. Um, 3.30 p.m. that Saturday, Chris called Chavo Guerrero, who was uh, Eddie Guerrero's nephew, and left a voicemail stating that he overslept and missed his flight and would be late. Uh, Chavo called Chris back and said that he sounded, you know, Chris said, um, sorry, Chavo said that Chris sounded, you know, groggy and, and tired and something like that. Just, just really not himself. Um, 
So after they hung up the phone, like, Chavo was still kind of, like, odd about it and everything like that. So Chavo called him back about, you know, uh, 12 minutes later. And because he was still concerned about Chris. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they actually got really close after Eddie Guerrero passed away in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um Benoit didn't answer, so Chavo left left a voicemail telling him to call him back. At 3.44 p.m., Benoit called back, and he said uh, he didn't answer because he was online with uh, Delta Airlines trying to change his flight. Um, Benoit told Chavo that he was having a stressful day because Nancy and Daniel were sick and, and from food poisoning and throwing up blood. And uh, Chavo said to Chris, okay, man, well, you know, if you need to talk, you know, I'm here. Let, you know, just, just talk to me. He's like, I'm here for you. Uh, Benoit ended the call with saying, I love you, Chavo. And they said, like, uh, Chavo was actually interviewed, and Chavo said, like, you know, we we did tell each other, like, we loved each other and everything like that, but just the way he had said it, like, he was like, Chavo, I love you. Like, it was almost like like a final thing to say or something like that. So, um, uh, Chavo Chavo said that... uh, they would always say, you know, I, I love you and everything like that. But, um, okay, yeah, I said that. <laughs> so, WWE confirmed that uh, Benoit had made contact with them on that Saturday night, uh, telling them that he was going to be late and everything like that. So, they weren't really too concerned about it because it was a house show. Mm-hmm. But they had told him, like, you need to be there for, for Sunday night because... Um, I think it was Vengeance. It was a pay-per-view. Yeah, it was yeah. a pay-per-view. He was going to defend his title. Yeah, okay. he was going to... Uh, actually, he was going to uh, face CM Punk, CM Punk for, yeah. for the ECW yeah. uh, championship belt. Wow. And it was um, it was scripted that he was going to win the belt. Um, and I'll talk about, I'll talk about that later. Like he, he thought that uh, winning the belt, since after he had already won the WWE Championship, Heavy World Heavyweight Championship, he thought that you know winning the ECW Championship belt, he thought it was more of like a downgrade because it was it was a third the third company that Vince yeah. McMahon bought. Yeah, yeah. Um, Still a championship, right? No, but they and, and I'll say this from people who like are wrestling fans, they know that like. The WWE ECW version was yeah not good. Oh god, they started off really good where they had all the originals come yeah. in, and then within like like maybe two months, it was just like just SmackDown light. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So for sure. So okay, so WWE actually rebooked his flight for the following Sunday morning, uh, Sunday June 24th. Benoit was booked for a major pay per view to see uh, to face CM Punk for the big title ECW uh, the ECW Championship. Um, and like I said, you know his, the plans were for him to actually win the belt. Uh, so since he was, I'm going ahead. But uh, like I said, like <laughs> when. Uh, he since he was already WWE champ, he he thought of it as like a demotion, yeah. sort of. Um, so here's my question: Was he still wrestling in the the main card WWE also, and then also the ECW yeah. card? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that now I understand. It, I thought he was just wrestling ECW only, but yeah, I guess if he was wrestling WWE and then also ECW. Yeah, fuck you and your ECW belt. Give me back in the WWE shit. You right. Know? Well, and they, they also at that time because it was like three brands, they mm-hmm. they had them all on the same pay per view at times. Yeah. Like at, w- at one time, I know like when they first did the brand split before they brought back ECW because that was way later. Mm-hmm. Well, like few years later. Um, 
they were having like uh, only one brand per pay per view, right. and I think like by that time they were like having all the brands on like one pay per view mm-hmm. instead of like just a raw pay per view or just a SmackDown pay per view, right? Whatever they were doing, you know? yeah. So and and like going going more into like his paranoia of like the demotion and everything like that, like he really started getting paranoid like prior to this. Um, he thought he was gonna lose his job. You know, he you know getting moved to the to the third brand, right. you know, ECW. Um, he stopped driving like the the same car more than once, like during the week and everything like that. Like he was going back and forth to the gym, and he actually mapped out thirty different ways to go to the gym. What was he paranoid? They're going to pull him over and well, fire he him was in his car? he was well, he was paranoid. Like when after after he had won the WWE championship, like mm-hmm. he was he was plastered everywhere. Like he was he was the face of WWE. Right. So. Like he was more worried, like about um, enraged fans oh. and stuff like that. Like he even he was even worried about kidnap, uh, like his son being kidnapped okay. and everything like that. Yeah, there there was a lot of paranoia by in the this time by him, and that has a lot to do with like the stuff that has happened and like i was saying mm-hmm. like earlier why i believe certain things but right there you know you know multiple years of you know steroid use drug use things like mm-hmm. that and you know things like that that it's enough to make you paranoid and oh, enough, yeah. enough headshots you know yeah yeah so so in the early a.m in, in early morning hours of june 24th uh five text messages all the same were sent to chavo and wwe referee scott armstrong between 351 and like 358 uh and there he uh two phones were being used one was chris's chris benoit's and one was uh nancy's and four of the text messages to both guys said the exact same thing and it said my physical address is 130 green metal lane fayetteville georgia and then the fifth text messages sent to both guys said the dogs are in the enclosed pool area garage side door is open hmm very weird right uh chavo was woken up by the text message but he like quickly like went back to sleep thinking he was like all right well you know that's probably like he's just texting me like a time that i have to pick him up from the airport or something like that and obviously it wasn't did chavo live by him in georgia uh no uh i believe I don't actually know exactly where travel, but they, they used to always hook up together and they would always fly together and everything okay, like yeah. that. So it was not uncommon for them to contact each other okay. and try to like, uh, arrange like pickup and stuff like that. Right. Where he did live in, in Georgia though, there were other wrestlers in that community because that was like where a lot of like from his WCW days, mm-hmm. a lot of, it was Atlanta based. So yeah. a lot of wrestlers, I think, um, uh, William Regal, Stephen Regal, yeah. mm-hmm. he's he lived there, and then uh, David Taylor, who was like used to team with Regal in mm-hmm. WCW, well, I believe was his neighbor. I knew one of his neighbors was a wrestler, and then also um, Johnny Grunge. Johnny Grunge, yeah, yeah, he he was from lived in that area. Too. And actually, Johnny Grunge was uh, wasn't he kind of like the mediator for for Chris Benoit and Nancy's like fights and stuff Little, like that? Yeah, arguments yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. At one yeah, point, yeah. I, I I might have wrote that in here. I don't remember. I know. Yeah. I've done these. I did these notes a long time ago. Well, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> it. And like I said, I I was the one that said like, hey, you should check this out. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure like what you already had, and then trying to add stuff yeah. in, it's probably a little. You Wait, know. yeah. Nancy was his first wife. No, Nancy second was wife. the second wife. His first wife was Martina. So he was fighting with Nancy. Yeah. Okay. So and then I um, 
I might get into that. I don't okay. remember if I actually wrote that down, but they did have like spats between each other, and it was actually a a, a moment where she had filed for a divorce, okay. or she was. I don't know if she was talking divorce or she filed for divorce for divorce and she actually uh, had a restraining order on him. Ooh. And according to Nancy's sister, Sandra, uh, she actually said like he was actually never really physically harmful to her, but it was enough to, to scare her to get the, the restraining, restraining order. Yeah. And that was because like when, when she was with um, Kevin, mm-hmm. Kevin Sullivan, like, they were actually physical with each other. Yeah. Got it. So, and I, I think um, the story was like she was arrested, like pulling a knife out on, on him or something, on Kevin Sullivan or yeah, something th- like that. There was, there was like a lot of issues in that relationship as well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so when he didn't, uh, when he didn't show up at the pay-per-view event Ooh. and hold on, did I <laughs> skip a page? Let's see. He didn't show up at the pay-per-view event. And couldn't get a oh say so Ch- uh, Chavo noticed that like he Chavo tried to get in a hold of him couldn't get a hold of him throughout the day and they tried to sell along with uh, local hospitals in in the area of uh, Fayetteville and on Monday June 25th at 12:30 p.m. the next day Chavo along with the referee finally came forward and alerted uh, WWE officials about those text messages hmm. and I know like. Like uh, I'm sure people are probably wondering, like why why did it take so long to uh, to okay? Did it die? No, it's maximum. But did it die? <laughs> um. Okay. No more video. Yeah, no more video. I only was able to get forty forty five minutes of it. Bueno. So you could make a lot of shorts, but oh yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see. Um, so why did it take him so long to notify the officials? So it took him so long because like they, they, they were trying to like cover up for him because it was obviously it's very frowned upon to like to, to miss like a right. big event like this. And and if, if you know, like the background of like Vince McMahon, like he's a dick, Yeah. like yeah. point blank period, like he is a fucking dick. Um, so Later, let's see. Um, Chavo, okay, so Chavo didn't want to say anything right away until he was actually legitimately concerned anyway because he didn't want to get Benoit in trouble. Okay. Uh, at 1245, WWE executives got a hold of the Fayetteville police to do a wellness check on the Benoit family. Um, at around 4 p.m., the Fayetteville County Sheriff's Department contacted WWE officials and let them know that they entered the Benoit home and found three dead bodies, an adult female, adult male, and a male child. Uh, WWE decided to cancel the live event that they had that Monday night and filled the three-hour time slot, which is weird because they, at that time they were only having like two-hour shows, but they were going to, they actually scheduled three hours yeah. because at that same time, um, they... Uh, the the storyline was they killed Vince McMahon's character. Yeah, and they were it was going to be a memorial oh, show shit. for Vince McMahon. Yeah, they had his well, limousine timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was a thing. Like in this, like pretty much like fucked up that whole storyline yeah. because of the real like. Yeah, the the, the what actually happened. Yeah. Like he came out uh, that Monday, and like I'm sure people were probably like, "What the fuck's going on?" Like yeah. right. Vince is alive. Um, so. And that was for a Monday Night Raw. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. 
Yeah, um, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. So they filled the uh, three-hour time slot with a, a memorial show to Chris Benoit, showing highlights of matches and his life. And before they knew he had did it. Yeah, before they knew anything, like yeah, they, they were yeah. like, okay, well, you know, the wrestler passed away along with his wife and kid. Yeah. Uh, so Vince opened a show uh, standing in an empty arena because he like like the whole show was canceled. So yeah. it was just it was just him in an empty arena in the ring, and he talked about what he knew about uh the benoit family being found dead in the house um so the the show was actually it started at eight and it ended at 11 p.m eastern time uh details were starting to develop hinting to a double murder suicide uh wwe actually started pulling chris benoit's name matches and any videos from the website and any of the wwp uh wwe pages online so they were just trying to completely erase everything like about him that's stupid Um, i will say though you can still watch his matches on their network they just don't mention him yeah they don't like so what they'll say is like okay like for that match he had where he won the title Mm -hmm. it'll just say like triple h defends his title in a epic yeah wrestlemania main event and but it will they'll never mention him but they right. don't just cut every man because i mean he was in a big chunk of not only that wcw and wwf mm-hmm. at that time yeah so yeah they you can still see the matches they just you don't know which shows he's going to be on because they'll never mention them in any of the yeah titles or anything. yeah and you know what uh, and actually they're like you're there's you're starting to see his name just a little bit here and there now but it's it's still not as as like like on the network or anything like that yeah well they're they're never going to mention him oh, no. on, on that show. no and and like um it keeps coming up every year about the the hall of fame like they they a lot of people were saying like oh they he should be in the hall of fame and no. and it'll never happen even it's, even jericho who was good friends with them and he said this on that dark side I, of the ring episode yeah he said no he should never be in there right what he did overshadows it mm-hmm. and he's like he would like to see nancy in there yeah um, yeah. but not as Nancy Benoit because he doesn't think the Benoit name should be in there. She should be in there as woman. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. And even even just the Benoit name would overshadow everything. Yeah, yeah, because it's just going to keep reminding yeah. people. Yeah, you know? and you know, and another thing, like um, they completely stopped uh, like all wrestlers mentioning his name too. Yeah, like, you couldn't mention anything about him. Yeah. So, okay, so let's well, see. Well, but then a lot of these guys, before you start getting, a lot of these guys were obviously friends for years because guys like Chavo or whatever, I mean, that that had to be hard for him to just be like, oh, I, you know what I'm saying? Never, never again, like never, uh, you know, talk about somebody that I know, talk about somebody I've been friends with for like decades, you know? And obviously you got to think about Chavo at this time because, I mean, he had just lost his Uncle Eddie. Yep. And then now he loses, I mean, obviously this is a different situation, but he loses Benoit after that. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that that had to be a hard time for him and then he couldn't even mention it, you know? Yep. Right. So it's crazy because this had such an effect on the people that were still living as well, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah, and especially with like the, some of the storylines that were happening too. I mean. Oh, yeah. Um. So okay, so um, now the crime scene. Uh, the crime scene. So we'll start with Nancy. Uh, they found Nancy's body. Uh, she was forty-three years old. They found her upstairs in the family room, hands and feet bound, and some blood under her head, and she was wrapped in a towel, um, and a Bible laying uh, a Bible laying next to her. 
and bruises on her back and stomach and it in- indicated that Chris knelt on her back and strangled her with a cable or rope around her neck. The blood under her head indicated that there might have been like a, a struggle or something. Um, so he didn't do the crossface crippler to her? Well, I'm going to get into that too. Yeah. Um, there's, there was there was reports with some about that, too. Really? Uh, toxicology reports show that Nancy did have alcohol in her system, along with therapeutic levels of hydrocodone, uh, Xanax, and alprazolam. I, I didn't do like my research on yeah. that. but I um, believe that's in like the same um, kind of family as a Xanax. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Yeah, they, and, and a lot of people they i think they prescribe that for like almost like generics because xanax is like the name brand and that's mm-hmm. more expensive. yeah and that's what i have written down like generic xanax. i believe it's generic so they were normal levels though they're yeah they're, okay. and, and when i say therapeutic levels like it was like normal levels okay. like she would get like a prescription or some prescription. shit okay. um her bac was at a 0.184 but it could have been thrown off because of decomp because of how long it took to find yeah her. yeah um so Let's see. Uh, based on Nancy's decomp, it was believed that she was murdered sometime on fri- Friday, June twenty second, uh, late Friday night or early uh, Saturday morning. So before he'd even talked to Chavo about missing his flight and everything, uh, he said he talked to Chavo Saturday. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, so Daniel, they they found uh, okay now that now the son Daniel, seven years old at the time, uh, he was found in his bedroom. And his cause of death was strangulation, and also there was a Bible found next to his body. And it was determined that Daniel had internal injuries to his throat, but no external injuries. And that's, like, very odd. Like, you know, yeah. if there's going to be internal injuries, like, you would you would expect something uh, external. Right. Uh, Daniel was killed a few hours after his mother, which would be in the early morning hours of Saturday on the 23rd. Uh, toxicology report for Daniel, he was heavily sedated with Xanax and likely unconscious uh, when he was uh, when he was killed. And there was, I don't know how true it is, but there there was stories that, that they said that um, Chris Benoit put, him, put Daniel in the crossface crippler. Now, when I think about that, I've been put in the cro- uh, crippler crossface and many times and and it's never been around my neck it's always yeah. been like the hands like in in the face uh-huh. so i don't know how that that i mean yeah i, I can I, understand i, I think that that bit, falls a I little think bit more into like the um the conspiracy the conspiracy yeah, yeah, yeah. because honestly like that makes no I, sense I, I think that honestly, like you know, with with how probably how his like mental mm-hmm. thing was, I don't think the what he's thinking is like, yeah, I'm gonna put my son in my wrestling. Right, right. right. You know what I'm I saying? I think so, I think it was just somebody just trying to get a story. Yeah. Right. Oh, which it was so it was a huge reach. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then there's, there's another thing too. Um, they said that uh, Daniel suffered from um, something X, so I, and I think I have it written down somewhere. Uh, fragile X, and Fragile X is like um, he his 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 growth was just way under normal than than uh, normal uh, seven year olds. Yeah, he was so they smaller were, than normal seven year olds. Yeah, so they were giving him uh, medication to uh, no, not medication. They were they were injecting injecting him with uh, steroids to to increase his body size. And they said that they had found uh, track marks and everything like that, which. Uh, 
Sandra, uh, Nancy's sister, actually said that that's absolutely 100% false. Uh-huh. And she actually got um, Daniel's doctor and told him told him to uh, uh, release the records. Release the records, yes. Yeah. Because of HIPAA violations, you yeah. need to get permission to do that shit. Yeah. So, okay, so... So, but they found Xanax in it, so he was... They did find Xanax in it. Which is even more reason why, like I said, that whole cross-face crippler shit is bullshit. Because yeah. you could tell right there, as crazy as he might have been going, it was killing him to do something to his son. He at least tried to medicate him so his son didn't feel the shit, it seems right. like. He, did, he didn't want... He didn't want him to feel it. He right. wanted him yeah. to. He wanted. He didn't even want him to know it was coming or anything right. like right. that. I. I think that. I, I mean, obviously, we will never know what was in his mind right. at that time. But I don't think that he wanted. Obviously, for I think that what happened with Nancy was more of like a heat of the moment type of thing because of the mm-hmm. temper and you know like mental issues or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then this was like, oh, what the fuck do I do now? And like, I. I mean. He that's what he thought of, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, which is fucked up, you right, know, I yeah. mean, but either way, but at least he, I don't think that he wanted him to feel it right. or anything like that. He wanted him to be sedated or, yeah. like I said, passed out, right. you know, mm-hmm. unconscious. Right. So now on to Chris. Uh, Chris, he was 40 years old at the time. Uh, he was found in his home gym in a basement uh, and he actually committed suicide by hanging um, he made a makeshift noose from one of his uh, pulley cables uh, in his gym equipment. Equipment. He fastened the other end to some weights and uh, on a on a weight machine. And when it was triggered, it dropped 240 pounds of counterweight and immediately broke his neck. Oh. Um, they found him with a towel wrapped around his neck, and a Bible was found near his body as well. Uh, the toxicology report said that, that Chris had 10 times the normal level of testosterone in his body, along with therapeutic levels of Xanax and hydrocodone. Uh, Roid rage. So I'm going to get to that. Okay. Um, actually, I'll, I'll actually uh, stop now and actually uh, talk about that. So roid rage actually is... So contrary to popular belief, roid rage is actually a myth and not scientifically proven to be actually true. Whatever. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So that's the toxicology report. Um, no alcohol was found in his body. Okay. Uh, it was determined that he had killed himself on Sunday the 24th, most likely after he sent those texts to Chavo and, and the referee. Oh. Uh, when North uh, authorities, authorities searched his computer, they found uh, records of Chris actually searching the quickest and easiest way to break your neck. Uh, while no suicide note was found at the scene, investigators investigators declared this to be a double murder suicide. Fayetteville County Sheriff officially closed the case in 2008. Uh, Chris's father, Michael Benoit, would confirm years later a note was found in a Bible that was sent to his first wife, Martina. The note read, I'm preparing to leave this earth. Hmm. Um, now onto the conspiracy theories. Now, I know you said uh, roid rage. Roid rage was immediately thrown out uh, by the media. Sorry. The roid rage (laughs) was immediately thrown out by the media. Uh, Roid rage... It's hard to say. Roid rage... is is uh, allegedly like an incident of steroid steroid usage gone wrong, uh-huh. uh, where C- Chris snapped and killed like he yeah. would kill his family and then himself. But think about it, like if it was roid rage, it would be instant. It wouldn't be 
a three-day period. Yeah. Like, he happened. wouldn't be in a rage right. for three days. Well, he would have snapped, and, and their bodies would have probably been in a lot worse shape, and not a Bible next yeah, to him, and not too. all night. You know, yeah. it would have been a, yeah. blah, and gone crazy, mm-hmm. and just fucking Well, and them. then also, something on that computer, the look, when you were talking about the lookup, he looked up, um, there's some part of the Bible where, I, and I'm not religious. Oh, right, yeah, where he was talking about, uh, it was like the, the son thing too, where, right? Where, you, where uh, somebody like uh, brought their son back to life. Yeah. So he had remorse for mm-hmm. it at some point. So there's no way it could, I mean, for roid rage, for you to have like, you don't stop and have remorse, you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. And obviously because of the three-day thing, you know, too, but that's, you know, he actually thought about it and he was like, he knows he fucked up, he knows that that right. was his technical only way out unless he wanted to spend the rest of his life in prison right. you know what i'm saying so he thought like well i have to do this now yeah. you know he has to do this to himself now i mean yeah know. that's the only thing that like the whole case bothers me like where i do feel again roid rages i guess i guess it's not a real thing but i just say roid rages if you lost your shit on your wife i still don't understand the fact that why you gotta kill your kid you don't want them to grow up with no parents, I guess, or you don't want them to see you're both dead. Like, leave the kid out of it. That makes no. That's the only thing that the whole case bothers me. So I and and I think this was actually mentioned on Dark Side of the Ring. If it wasn't mentioned on Dark Side of the Ring, it was mentioned on a, a, a Talk Is Jericho podcast, yeah. where he interviewed um, Nancy's sister. Okay, and it was talked about like um, Chris didn't. What what you're saying is like. Uh, he he killed his he killed Nancy, and then he didn't want like he he didn't think that that anybody was gonna be able to to bring up um, Danny. uh, Daniel. So he ended up killing him, and then he killed himself for uh, like remorse. Yeah. Right. Uh, but at the same time, like like what they were saying, like that that, that doesn't really seem uh it, it's very out of character because even even Sandra said like. Chris knew that if if Nancy or ha- something happened to Nancy or Chris, that Sandra would take full responsibility right. of Daniel because uh, Sandra, uh, San- what the hell's her name? Sandra. Sandra uh, couldn't have kids. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and, and also, I mean, Vicky Guerrero was like talking about yeah. this, like. Uh, Benoit was a, like a very loving father mm-hmm. before all of this. Like that's why it's like such a shock to everybody. Like when they did that thing before they knew what was going on, like everybody was so shocked, you know, yeah. about it because you know, and she's, and that's why we go back to like talking about after Eddie died, you know, um, she said that, that there was definitely signs that he was having like mental issues. Right. And I don't know if you were going to go over that, but she, she was just saying that like she would find him on, like he would come over and like she would find him somewhere where Eddie would usually be in the house and he would just be crying like mm-hmm. holding something of Eddie's, yeah, which is crazy, yeah. You know? Like they they found him um, laying in bed on his side of the bed, yeah, crying right. and or or in in the weight room, bawling his eyes out and everything like that. Yeah. So when when they actually found that, like Sandra told uh, Nancy to to get him a Bible, oh, not a Bible, I'm sorry, um, like a notebook or 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 a diary. That's what I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, like of. a journal. Yeah. yeah and they uh nancy told chris like write to eddie yeah like this this is this is your way to release uh yeah. what what's building up and he did and then for and i might be able to actually find some of those those uh Ooh. entries but um 
he did for a while and then i think uh three or six months before all this happened he just stopped completely yeah and something he wrote like we were talking about him writing that he was felt like he was going to leave this earth soon Mm -hmm. one of them uh i think his father was talking about in one of those entries that that he wrote that like i'm gonna be there to join you soon brother yeah and like stuff like yeah like he he had in his head that he was gonna go soon or mm-hmm. whatever and like i said you know i mean we haven't talked about like you know other issues mentally or health yeah you know like ct stuff mm-hmm. like that but there's a lot to like to that that can make mess you up to like make you see things differently than you did before right you know and then like one of his idols and you know i'll bring this up before we talk about all that one of his idols was um the dynamite kid yeah who used the diving headbutt mm-hmm. chris benoit used the diving headbutt yeah. yep and there was a lot of um speculation that using that move causes damage to your head mm-hmm. because harley race actually used that and he said that it that he stopped using it because it was causing him like problems so. yeah yeah um so another like completely bizarre uh conspiracy theory like really um that uh kevin sullivan was actually the mur- uh, actually murdered or had a hitman murder nancy daniel and chris mm-hmm. because of what happened 10 years prior yeah yep. and, and i that's like something where i said that i don't like i right like that, it, it's so crazy like he won't even talk about the, like kevin sullivan uh-huh. he wouldn't even do that dark side of the ring episode or talk up he won't talk about this because so many people are like they don't want to believe that like Chris Benoit would do this. Mm-hmm. So, so many people, and I'm not talking about people in the business. I'm talking about fans on fans, the internet, yeah. the IWC. Mm-hmm. That's just fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're still crazy to this day, you know, yeah. that, that they just like, Oh, well he had to have something to do. And like, he doesn't even want to talk about it because <laughs> of that. You know what right. I'm saying? It's so fucked up. He's yeah. To hide it. That's why. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Danny with the conspiracies, of course, but I, I really don't think that he, no, no, I no, I don't either. And actually, I think on uh, Talk is Jericho I, that that interview with uh, Sandra uh, was was some years back now. But um, yeah, because that episode was a few years ago. So, yeah, yeah. Um, the, he, the she even said like that that he came he finally had came out and was sent to actually like uh, put out a nice message to to um, Nancy's family and everything like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's understandable, you know, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you got to think, though, too, I understand why he wouldn't even besides all the backlash from people acting crazy about him. Like, imagine you like you talked about booking your divorce Mm -hmm. and then this ended up happening. And he was like very much in love with her. Yeah. I mean, even though they had their spats and fights like kevin sullivan like loved nancy like he was in love with her like i mean she was married before she met him she they found her at at, like uh in in a wrestling crowd the promoter of the company he worked for before she joined him and like he was immediately like enamored with her Mm -hmm. like like he was in love with her so imagine booking you like you said your own you know divorce and then like this happening and then like you know that has to play some kind of mental right he probably like blames himself too at some Mm -hmm. point for some of this you know what i mean because he's like well if i would have never did this they might have never 
It might have never happened, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, which is fucked up, you know, because, yeah, it's just, it's all a fucked up situation. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you 100%. <laughs> so, now let's get into, like, the what I believe is the real reason what happened, like, how, why it happened. And, you know, you kind of touched on it earlier. Yeah. Uh, CTE. Yeah. Which is, uh, and I'm going to try my best, <laughs> but uh, chronic traumatic encephal- encephalopathy. And Good it's... It's a brain condition. That hooked on violence you got. So, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's a brain condition to be linked to uh, repeated blows to the head or multiple head, head injuries. I'm sorry. I don't. Mean, I didn't mean to step on your toes and no, you're good. that early, dude. So, sorry. I'm trying <laughs> oh, not no, to. Oh, no. It's like, all good. You know, no, it's all know. good. It's all good. Um, I'm so, like I said, I'm so passionate about right. this. It's just, you know. <laughs> so it's basically brain damage, and it all stems back to un, undiagnosed and untreated concussions, which was rampant in WWE and yeah. well, any really any wrestling wrestling at that, that era, yeah. that era of wrestling. I, I mean, any time between like you know the '60s and mm-hmm. the you know '90s. I mean, yeah. it, 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 you know, I mean, even into the early 2000s. Yeah. It was still, you know, and like I was saying, that move that he did mm-hmm. was was a big part of it. But um, I mean, yeah, that the CTE, I that's where I lie with this. Yeah, because CTE and like with the like combination of steroid use and grief, mm-hmm. you know, all rolled into this, you know, kind of fucked him up in oh, a way. Yeah. And I'm not making excuse because I. You cannot condone what he did, you know. Right, right. But I mean, but CTE, they say you're not yourself. It's you're not yourself. It's yeah, like the football players have. Yeah, and gone and that. and I might have written that down, but uh, uh, it's it's more it's more football players that that actually have CTE, mm-hmm. and they're saying Aaron Hernandez had it. Right. Yeah. Well, the the reason that they even talked about him having CTE was because a former wrestler. Found out he had CTE. Um, the guy. Oh yeah, what was his I, I name? Down, um, well, I don't remember his wrestling name, but his his real name is Chris Nowinski. Yeah, he's, he's a doctor now, like a neuroscience, mm-hmm. and he actually contacted Benoit's father and asked them if they could get do brain. Yes, yeah. get the brain. And th- I mean, I don't know if you have any of this written down. Do you? I don't want to. Uh, probably not. Okay, so <laughs> on toes, Eric. I'm trying not to, bro. <laughs> I'm not last now. time here, bro. I step know. away, step away. I know, right? <laughs> no, no, so here. no, so um, <laughs> they they said that like I mean he had such a degenerative like issues with his brain that it would affect his emotion, yeah, like like that that it would affect the parts of his brain that you know carries grief or emotion or mm-hmm. you know whatever have and you, have uh, you ever seen pictures of a regular brain next to a brain yeah. TV? oh my god See, yeah. and i and and i'm gonna get that picture too because they actually have a picture of a normal brain and then a picture of chris oh, brain. Brain yeah. too. Yes. wow okay yeah well and and they said that they're they're saying that he had like uh the brain of like an 85 year old with old, the dementia yeah. and stuff like that yep i mean it's and it is a lot of it with the chair shots and like i said and that's why i was saying like earlier like the stress of what they put them through at that time and the way they like like you're talking about vince mcmahon and that's another thing these promoters back then were different than they are now yeah where like you were hurt he didn't care and i think chris or i'm sorry uh chris jericho talked about this oh you're hurt you're still wrestling like these guys were forced to wrestle when they were injured they if they get concussions now these dudes are out for weeks yeah oh yeah and and now like now but back then you would get concussion one night and you'd be in the ring the next next night night, yeah 
It was wild. Yeah. Wild. And then not only that, like, um, the, the WWE wrestlers, they, they have, they have to find their own insurance. Like the WWE does not provide them insurance. No, they're all independent contractors. Yeah. And <laughs> they should unionize. <laughs> they know they they should get a union. They were no, they were. Th- there's been a lot of talk about that over the last like few years because like with like newer companies coming up, like like I, so I was talking about like AEW and mm-hmm. stuff. Like some of these guys, they're getting like backstage roles so they can be put on like yeah, uh, you know, insurance like like and stuff like that. Like even some of the refs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I mean, it is a talk and like that is like something that is starting to go that way. But they're all like technically considered independent, independent contract, contract yeah. because they have to you know now some some take care of them more than others obviously right like uh you know like it's different now wwe vince mcmahon doesn't own wwe right so it, i mean i think everything's going to change there but i think that over the last like you know 10 15 years it's been a little different they they they, they don't put that stress obviously because they don't have headshots and mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and like they do kind of work more around injuries yeah and if you do get hurt in the ring like say you like break your leg in half they do pay for you if you get hurt in the ring now if you fall down outside when you're you know that that's different you got to take care right. of yourself but yeah usually if you get hurt in the ring they will take care of you mm-hmm. so so hmm. okay <clears throat> so all right basically brain damage um now sports are now trying to prevent this um uh, the illegal hits from the head uh to the head oh yeah in wwe like that that it it changed uh or concussion po- policies too like it, it completely changed and everything like that um chris's and we were talking about earlier like chris's finishing move was the diving head but yeah. or at least one of his head and he was also known for taking unprotected headshots yes yeah uh with a chair at that yeah. jesus and i mean <laughs> I, I I think it was Dark Side of the Ring where I seen one of the fucking headshots that he took by the, with a chair. Dude, yeah, I'm like, oh my god! Like I I remember it when I was a kid watching it, but like rewatching it now, it's like, whoa! The ones you what you see from back then where they took those shots that like the chair would be dented in yeah. by their head, yeah. and like you know, dude, that's crazy. I mean, you you I'm sure you remember from that time and even before. Like I don't know if you ever watched like ECW. No, I never watched it. Back ECW then. was nuts. Dude, some of the like like Balls Mahoney, who's yeah. another, he took the craziest chair shots and gave them. And like there was a guy Masato Tanaka, he would mm-hmm. do the same thing. Just some of these guys like with their chair shots and like after they got hit, like there would be such an indention yeah. in the chair. And Benoit would take shots like oh, yeah. that. And he would also take like a lot of his chair shots were were to the back of the head. And that's they say that like that's one of the worst places to take yeah. a chair shot. Yeah. And I think even even Chris Jericho said like when we would take ha- chair shots like we would just have to take them like we would just like close our eyes and then just brace. take them and yeah. brace and brace as po- best as possible. Jesus. It was and, just part of the industry, right? Though. And like these these chairs, like oh yeah, but everybody wants to say it's fake and everything like that. But I mean, even if they're aluminum, they're thick enough to hold a two hundred pound person right. sitting down on them. Yeah. So no, those chairs are fucking like. 
The only thing that you can't fake those fucking garbage cans they use are thin as shit. It looks like aluminum foil. Right. Yeah. Well, they, the yeah, chairs, those are, though, those are, are different. Yeah. 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 But yeah, those man, yeah, the chair shots and like like uh, they stop with the the concerto, but yeah. they're they're starting to come back out with the concerto, like the the uh, the single man concerto. Yeah. They, like the way they hit them, it's a certain way where they're not even hitting their well, head. It, 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 they angle it. So yeah. when they they do the single man one where they put it on the ground, mm-hmm. they they show it from a camera angle where you're looking straight at the person. Yeah giving it and then you don't see that they angle it just right. like some of those like um the stair spots where they use the stairs on stuff mm-hmm. there's like an indention in those stairs that they don't even uh-huh. you know what i'm saying like you don't you know yeah and i mean obviously we all know that it's you know worked or whatever right. i i don't like to use the word fake because there's nothing those guys do. oh yeah absolutely. you know what i'm saying nothing like, that they do is fake. but you know there's definitely like tricks you know yeah. and it, it's more about a sleight of the hand and yes you know you want to, people to watch something while they're not even paying attention mm-hmm. you kind of like magicians in a way yeah. you know yeah and amazing actors oh yeah amazing actors. oh yeah dude the, i mean it's a performance art it's a sport you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying it's 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 all these things wrapped into one and i mean just like i i think of it as like athletic theater yeah. You know, Sports I mean, entertainment. <laughs> no, that's just WWE. <laughs> no, really. I mean, that's and, what they coined it. You right. Know, and there, and you yeah. know what? Honestly, now that you bring that up, like they coined that and that's how they really got around the whole steroid shit, too, mm-hmm. because it was Sports entertainment. Yeah, they but. weren't because back in the eighties, wrestling was like the, the the sport boards board of like sports or athletics, like mm-hmm. that were for everything else. They had to be in like certain states. They had to be in the house for wrestling. Oh, There's really? still some states that are like that. Did you know that in Louisiana, they you cannot give somebody a pile driver. Really? Yeah, and, and they only let. Um, WWE do it when like they were at WrestleMania maybe like four or five years ago. Only the Undertaker yeah. could do it, and, and it was because, because they, they trusted him they, the most they, because he had done it for years. And, yeah, but they like a regular pile driver, nobody could do it. Like well, it, even even in WWE, it's it's banned. Like a regular pile driver, yeah. and that's because of Owen Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. when he broke. Steve and and, and he did the way he did that pile driver was actually wrong uh-huh. because when you do like a, a sit down pile driver, the person's supposed to be facing out and he was facing in. So when you, when you, you can't tuck your head because you have nowhere to go. Right. So that, that was like almost like a, a botch in a way. Yeah. I mean, it, it just the way it got done, but I mean, that happens, you know, right. In right. the ring. Yeah. You know, I mean, things like that just happen. I mean, so many accidents look at draws that had passed. Oh away. yeah. He I just he passed, recently passed yeah, away. But he, he was, uh, paralyzed for years off of a basic move that, um, D'Lo Brown, D-Lo Brown. Always, always did. Like, yeah. I mean, you just get hit the wrong way. Big E, he can't yeah. wrestle oh, right my now. God. He's not wrestling for what the last year because of that spot. He yeah. took, I mean, you could say in like WWE could be as safe or say they're as safe, but it's the it's Nothing just an inherent risk in what you're doing. Oh, just part of the business yeah. always, yeah. you know. Yep. So and I'm speaking of breaking somebody's neck, like I have it written down somewhere, but um Chris Benoit actually uh when he had first started wrestling, like he had a match with Sabu and like I said, I know I have um Oh yeah, yeah. Terry uh Terry Brunk, also known as Sabu, and they were wrestling and within the first three minutes, Chris went for a flapjack, so like a flapjack, like he tossed him in the air and he was supposed to land like 
fa- like face first, like on his stomach. But Sabu turned a certain way, and he landed on his head Ugh. at like a sixty degree angle, yeah. and. You can. I'm gonna. I'm gonna figure out a way to download that video and put yeah, it, on, it on Instagram. But it used to be like on ECW's like opening credits. Yeah, like it, it was a crazy. Bump. It was. But oh. Sabu is like just crazy. Oh yeah, he's dude. nuts. Yeah, I mean him and like they, they, from that time like ECW man. Oh yeah. Some of like I mean I used to stay up to like and this was you know mid '90s so high school time. I used to stay up to like two in the morning to watch that stuff because it was only on like crazy like antenna channels mm-hmm. at like two in the morning. Like and, yeah. and it was the only time you could watch it. It was crazy. Yeah, kind of like when you you would fall asleep and you'd wake up and it was like go- girls gone wild on, yeah. the, on the fucking <laughs> and, and like ECW was on for like an yeah. hour in between two girls gone wild yeah, like yeah. infomercials, you know, <laughs> like pretty much. I mean, that's what it was, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, shit. ECW was girls gone wild in a way too. Basically, yeah. Because there was a lot of like yeah. sexual innuendos. Oh, on oh that. my yeah. god, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so okay, so that's and. Uh, now that I mentioned that, like that's how he actually got the name the Canadian Crippler, uh, because he he, technically like technically he broke Sabu's neck, but it was just it was more of a botch on Sabu because he tried to turn, and the way he landed, like he landed on his head and on a, at a sixty degree angle, and you even in the video, like I, I'll find a video, um, you can hear the neck snapping, Ugh, yeah, and like he rolls out of the ring and and you can like hear him in pain and and obviously like. Chris Benoit, he's not he's not trying to break character, so he's like he's like come on, like he's like making uh, motions in the ring and everything like that. Um, but actually, he was so like heartbroken about it, thinking that he he ended somebody's career, uh-huh. that they found him in um, in a, like a janitor room crying because he thought he ended Sabu's career. Yeah. Um, and then another. Uh, another match, Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho were wrestling, and Chris Benoit did like a like a spin kick, and he completely missed Jericho, but Jericho sold the 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 move anyway, mm-hmm. and Jericho uh Jericho said that like like he was looking for Benoit after the match, and when he found him, he seen him in the boiler room doing doing fucking hack squats, and he was he was he asked Chris like what what are you doing. And he was like, oh, he's like, I don't know why fucking, uh, um, why I did the move on you and, and you sold it. Like, I that fucked was, it up. Yeah, yeah. I fucked it up and everything like that. He's like, himself. so he, he, yeah, exactly. Like he, he wanted to punish himself for it. And so he was doing, he said, he was like, I'm going to do 500 hack squats <laughs> and bro. Like if I do five squats, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. What's a hack squat? Uh, I, you know what? I never looked at, I actually looked that up, but I know it's, it's, mm, it's like one of those like deep like yeah, yeah. like super deep Uh-oh. yeah, and then like I, I didn't write it down and I'm su- actually surprised that I didn't write it down but um you got like twenty two pages over there I I, do, <laughs> I actually do have a lot of pages um I might have actually written wrote it in my phone but um you know leading up to all of this um Chris Benoit he lost a lot of a lot of people like he lost. Johnny Grunge, like Johnny Grunge passed away. Yeah. Uh, Black Cat Victor Marr, who was I think wrestling with him in um, New Japan. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ray Ray Trailer, who was actually a big boss big man. Big boss man, yeah. Oh. And then a year later, Eddie Guerrero. 
so he lost a, like it was like one right after another and i i remember chris or uh, chris jerica actually saying that that chris benoit called him called chris and he was crying saying like I, I can't do this anymore i can't lose any more of my friends yeah yeah and i i think i know there was one of the podcasts i had just recently listened to but he said that uh they they said that uh wrestlemania 16 or something like that that 25% of the people that were wrestling in WrestleMania 16 are now dead. Wow. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. And I mean, a lot of them, you know, like because of habits they picked up from wrestling in that era. Right. Like, I know? mean, they they get addicted to pain pills because they have to wrestle so much. Like, like they, they're pretty much crippled in the back backstage area but they pop a few pain pills and then they're they're back out there wrestling yeah. so but yeah that's that's my uh that's my uh case on uh chris benoit yeah and, dude and i mean honestly you, you like really this case this like could have easily been two episodes yeah if i would have like really deep dove well i mean just like like you said with like the conspiracy theories and like right. like i said for me with with how i see it like i said i was going to kind of wait till the end uh, the ct i think played the biggest part i agree with the with the multiple headshots with mm -hmm. the you know it just is like uh well and then this is the thing you know like um i think that um you know there there are good things in the industry that was implemented because of this case and yeah. that's why it is so important to talk about mm -hmm. and you know like you know to go back into wrestling it's 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 a lot of stuff changed and like we didn't talk about so his son from his first marriage david mm -hmm. he actually like chris jericho got i think i've seen him at wrestling matches he recently. was he was in aew yes. at aew he 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 hasn't wrestled or anything. I don't know if he ever will. He actually couldn't watch wrestling for a long time. But hey guys, I'm Lupe, joined here with uh, my co-host tonight, Dano, and our special guest, Osmarley, <laughs> aka Eric, aka Osmarley. <laughs> but all right, guys, always remember: don't believe everything you think. <laughs>